Welcome back, everyone, to the Westworld Podcast, part of the DVR Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter at Westworld DVR. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook uh, group where people are talking. We've got a good conversation going, and you can look that up. That's Westworld DVR as well. We're here to talk about episode two called Chestnut. And of course, on the other end is Heath Solo. What's up, buddy? Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Doing well, buddy. All right. MIB nipping at your nose. I like that that's MIB because that's just like Lost and the Gunslinger, too. Exactly. It's all connected, bro. Yeah, baby. All connected. Um, so let's just get to our initial thoughts on this episode. Uh, what did you think, Keith? Um, at first, I was digging that we were seeing the POV from someone's first visit. And then it kind of was falling a little flat for me. I wasn't as into it. And then it picked up and I got back into it. The only problem I have, well, I'll discuss it after I hear your initial reaction. There's one thing that took me out of it, though it was shot well. Um, But it just like was like, okay. And then, but then, you know, as I got back into it, about, you know, about 20 minutes left, it started triggering again. Like, wait a minute, this is a good show. Just go with it. It's not going to be better than the pilot. And I guess because I was a little confused and certain things felt kind of eh to me. But all in all, I thought it was a solid episode. Okay. Okay. I was, um, I got to see it twice. It was released early by HBO, I think, because of the big debate that was on here in America. Um, but, uh, I got to watch it twice. And the second time I took notes. So I have a bunch of notes. Um, I loved it, man. I was so happy because, you know, I just, I still have Alcatraz syndrome solo. You know, I'm still scared that this show is all of a sudden going to suck. And we're going to be like, why are we doing a podcast about this sucky show? But this show does not suck. They are keeping it up. And I loved the keeping the kind of the similar themes, the repetition. Um, just, I mean, I, the cinematography on this show, which we didn't talk a lot about last episode, is just out of this world. It just looks fantastic. And I loved, uh, I did call that. I said, I think next episode's going to start with somebody arriving. Um, I loved that. I thought, I thought that was fantastic. Um, yeah, there was, because we're introduced to Maeve kind of in this episode, it's a little bit of her episode. Um, I, it, that did, I did kind of have to settle into that. Um, and because the show is jumps so much, you know, it really doesn't have a grounding. You're not, you, you were kind of following Billy's story too, the new guy that arrived. Um, but you just never didn't know which way it was going to go that it's, you're, I felt a little almost discombobulated watching the episode. Cause I never know how much time has passed. You know what I mean? Like, cause it doesn't seem like we don't necessarily know where we're going. Um, but overall I was very impressed again and I'm, I was really happy with it. Yeah. The, I liked the stuff with Billy, just seeing how they get there. It almost feels futuristic. 
their mode of transportation now it could be just because they have a lot of money but it f- almost feels like in the future we don't know that yet um, but I, I loved seeing kind of an extra beforehand and how he enters into the world and how they get there that was awesome um, like you said about the Maeve storyline that you know it paid off for me at the end which I'm looking forward to discussing with you but as it was going through I was like okay but the the one thing that bothered me I want to get it out of the way because maybe either you can change my mind or we just get it out of the way because I love the show like you said cinematography is great the acting's phenomenal it's just I'm in, I'm in I'm in on this show but the fact that the man in black can't get killed they set up these two shootout scenes like it's this big set piece this big deal but he can't get killed so what why should i so what's the big deal that's what's bothering me but if they set it up where somehow later in the season i was thinking okay why are they showing two crazy shootout scenes with him is it just for us to chew on eat our popcorn and get excited for action there's got to be something in the future that's going to set this up and what i think is the fact that the host can't kill the guests. It's stated. It's online. Maybe this is setting up later on where a, a host can actually find a way to kill a guest. That's what I'm thinking, and I hope that's justified. But I, I realize the man in black's badass, and he can take out seven dudes at once. But he can't get killed yet. So who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I was thinking the same exact thing that you thought, which is that when in television or film, when they do something repetitive, it's either bad writing or they're setting you up for the opposition, you know? Mm -hmm. They're setting you up for a time when you lull and you think, oh, it's just another stupid shootout. And then people really die. Um, So... I did like the way they turned away, though, when he was um, when he was trying to get. Uh, I think his name was Lawrence. When he was trying to get Lawrence down from being hung, I liked the way that they set it up. But then they just cut to um, Lawrence's face mm-hmm. instead of showing the whole shootout. So I did appreciate that. Yeah, that was good. And then the second time, though, we didn't see the headshot of his of Lawrence's wife, played by Clifton College Jr., who's fantastic and everything. He does. So I'm gl- I'm kind of glad he's in the show. I'm a big fan. Uh, and you know, they showed the other shootout things, but it's just like, oh man, I was just like, okay, there's got to be something that's gonna set this up later because I'm like, why are they wasting the time? Okay, they're making this man in black to be a badass. We get it. But dude, if we were in this town and we couldn't be killed, we'd be badasses too. I mean, granted you have to have a have to be a good shot, but you can shoot three or four times. I know you're not gonna get killed. That's just what was bothering me. Like I was like, oh man. So I hope they don't keep doing that. I wanna I, I guess it I know it's only episode two. I just feel like ah uh, Give me more mystery about this deeper level instead of him just shooting up the place. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, 
And I also think that that plays into what we're getting into with this episode, which is why Anthony Hopkins uh, tells Sizemore that this is not what the new story arc is going to be. And um, he says to him at the very end, um, he says the same thing that MIB says, which is guests come for the subtlest details, something different, um, something that only they notice. And I think what we're starting to see is maybe that this new story arc that Ford is introducing, uh, that's a metaphor for that, that people just, I mean, after you come there and you have sex with every girl or you kill all these people, it's like you said, it's like a video game that's set on easy. Mm -hmm. It's boring. Yeah. You, you, you could just, you could pretend you're pretending that there's danger and they're shooting all around you. They can't hit you. So you could literally just keep on walking up to them and shoot them in the head. And do you know what I mean? So I think that's kind of what we're seeing in this show that as an audience members were being introduced to it and you think, Oh, you could go crazy and have so much fun. But even by the second episode, we're bored with the shootouts. <laughs> Imagine if you were really there and could do that at any moment. You'd get bored with it in like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, you could tell in the in the saloon when that one guy comes in and kills Teddy Flood. And, and you could see his emotion like, oh, my God. And, you know, he shoots him like five times. And you could see that. You could tell that's probably the first time he shot up a place. Yes, yep see that emotion in them and that that adrenaline okay but with the man in black 30 years he's doing it he's acting like steve mcqueen but you know on the set of the magnificent seven there but it it just like really i i just i don't know i just feel like i i know he, there's a means to an end and he's going somewhere and he has to do this because they sent the men there and all that but it, yeah it's almost like Come on, dude, you've played this game for 30 years. Does it get old? Yes, it does. It would, it would get old quick. Yeah, and I think that's that's the kind of challenge I think that Ford is is uh, setting up with this new story arc. Um, so, hey, before we go too much further, I do want to say a hearty thank you. Uh, to people who have rated the podcast on iTunes. Uh, I want to say thanks to Yup OK in the Berg, which is Aaron. Thanks, A Huss. W Axel Foley. Oh my God, that's me. <laughs> Tragically Dramatic. T Hustler. That's our man, Tim Hines, of course, the DJ. Duke Lover One. Real Estate with Suzanne. Heath Sintazo. Whoa. Uh, our boy Fit and Trim, of course, listen to the Got Milk podcast. Um, and uh, Joe Bear from Cinemyth Podcast. That's a great podcast, too. So thanks. Uh, we've got so far 10 reviews on iTunes. Give us a review. Uh, put us some stars. Give us a review. It gets us noticed as uh, as we. I think I mentioned on the intro pod that there would be 10,000 Westworld podcasts. I was wrong. There's 30,000. <laughs> So uh, we do appreciate that, though. And if you're from another country, um, please tell us 
if you uh, send us a, um, if you write us up a review, actually there was someone, yes, Christine uh, left us a review on the UK store. So thank you very much for that. Cute poison, our old friend. Um, So Solo, I have some notes here. Do you want me to just kind of go through them? Yes, I do, Axel. All right. I the notes. Yeah, baby. Here come the notes, Solo. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Is Violent Delights, is when, when she whispers that and when her father whispers that, is that a code word? Hmm. No, it's a new ice cream store I'm opening up. Oh, that Where would you- be a nice name. No, I, I mean, I think it's it's gearing up towards the theme of if these hosts can have to realize what these guests are doing to them, the cruelty over and over, it's interesting to see how they will react. And it's a good through line with the flashbacks we're seeing with Dolores and with Maeve. They're flash. They're having these flashes of either past memories. We don't quite know. I mean, they talk about it that they can't dream, but the you know nightmare. It, it, it's very sketchy, but I, I don't know. It's almost. It could be some sort of code. I think there's more to Abernathy, her father. He was because you know being screwed up by the picture. They were monitoring him, saying stuff was happening before he saw the picture. He was starting to maybe get it or get to a point, but they shut him down before they could get further information. But I think what we're headed towards, Axel, is whether it's a revolution or these droid types, whatever they are, 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 are going to rebel. And I hope they do. Because we're watching it. We know they can die and they're there for the guests. But there's got to be something more to it. Because why would we be invested into android personalities? Who cares, right? But you are. It's just human nature, the way we're watching the show. So is it a, you asked me, is it a code word? Yes. I just don't know what the hell the code is. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it is. I think that the, the it's like when the, when, um, the woman in the lab is um, testing uh, I think it was Maeve, um, and uh, she. I just lost my train of thought completely. What okay, were we, what were we talking about? The code. Okay, uh, they're in the lab, and she's going over all of uh, Maeve's different, like raise this a little bit, do that a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and then she says that she's worried. Oh no, this is before. Okay. Got my train of thought. Back. Bef- right. When we first see her, she says to Bernard, I'm worried this could catch like a virus. And then he kind of chuckles, right? And I think that is the virus. That that line is just like when they say to them, now dream of a long dream. And then they shut down. When someone, when one of the hosts whispers that to another host it allows them to access whatever the, the, those um, the the bad code that Ford wrote that gives them those little touching the lips and all that that's causing this problem. 
has not gone away and it accesses that and allows them to access their prior memories, I don't think it turns them again on playing into this idea that I think, and I'll just break it down. I think this is the new story arc. This is like, this show is going to be completely meta in that the new story arc that Ford is laying out is that the robots become sentient. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's actually trying to make them sentient, but he wants people like MIB, people who come back, you know, like the whales in Las Vegas, right? Right. The people who want the deep, the deep code there, the deep secret of this place who want to really play it and not just shoot and fucking kill. This is like a, a different storyline. And the storyline is the robots start to come alive. What do you do? Mm. I like that. And I think that this is the code word that starts it because this is what starts Dolores down the road. And this is also what starts Maeve down the road. When I watched it the second time, her face, she kind of hears it. And then her face just kind of goes like blank for a second. Mm -hmm. So that's my theory. All right. uh, And that's what my next question was, is MIB already playing the new narrative? I think that he's the beta tester. Hmm. He's testing this narrative and he is working with Ford. Now, whether or not he's a host, I don't know, but that's what I think he's doing. I don't think he's a host. I'm very anti he's a host. I would love to be wrong. What do you think of my theory? Dude, I actually like that a lot. That would because he he you remember last episode I said, "Man, are they monitoring how he's trying to go deeper and all the stuff he's going?" Mm-hmm. Kind of was there day, night, and then there in the morning. The I've got to believe the only way he can get away with this stuff is if he's working with Ford. Well, didn't you see that they see he he says to uh, old Hemsworth brother, <laughs> the guy says to him, hey, this um, this guest has already taken out a bunch of people and blah. And he says, oh, him, he gets anything. Yeah, I have yeah. it written down what he says. Um that gentleman gets whatever he wants. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, is that, if that's not, I mean, it's not flat out, leave him alone. He's with me, but come on. It almost feels like he is the beta tester. Yeah. And the old Hemsworth, I'm not saying that he's in on it, but he's just, he got an order and he's following it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that I, I do believe there's a connection with him and Ford. I, uh-huh. I agree. I agree with that. There's uh, got it. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, I wanted to bring up, a, I like how uh, the robot asks uh, William when he first arrives kind of about like anxiety or social, because that's one thing I thought about, mm-hmm. which is you don't need to get shot to be scared or fucked up or have like a panic attack or, you know what I mean? 
So like being in a place like this could trigger that. So I just like that they brought that up. I thought that was a good point. Yeah, that that was very interesting. Cause I was thinking of how I would answer that. I'm like, yeah, I have anxiety, but I'm like, but I tell him like, but the adrenaline, I'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be oh, a little panics. I'm good. No, but it, it, I just liked that. Um, the, the, uh, the woman that kind of set him up and is like, you can do whatever you want. Do you want me to leave the room? Do you want me to help you? Like, it was very seductive and very, like, I was like, I felt like I was in the room with them and I'm like, oh my God, this is shit. This will, <laughs> you, you can do whatever you want, but you know, it was good that he had the restraint. There's definitely more to the character than his buddy. Who's just ready to rock at any moment's notice, but it's just, the, the the chemistry there was really interesting. Yeah. I, I thought it was very well done. Yeah, man. Most deaf solo. Um I liked the way they the way that she kind of laid everything out to him and kind of told him like the center is more family friendly and as you get further out it becomes more intense. Yes. I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that no, that was um, interesting. That's great. That that I mean, we know the man in black is going further and he's trying to go deeper. He's trying to get into the maze, the entrance to the maze. But it, it's interesting cuz like if you go there for the first time you're a little scared and you kind of stick around town the basics, but if you want more, you venture out. And it'd be interesting if like if me and you went there, would we we go get a drink? You know, we we have wives at home, so we probably wouldn't, uh, you know, on on air, we wouldn't uh, partake in any of that uh, shenanigans. I'm sure. I don't know if I could do. I was going to say that. Um, you know, man, I don't know that I would do that. Honestly, whether or not I had, like, if I was a single person and I went there, you're mm -hmm. still fucking a robot, dude. I mean, I don't know. I just, and it's not. And it's also. I don't know. The way they set it up is that they're all like prostitutes that you're going to get. I mean, I guess it is weird. Yeah. We'll wait to I see mean, if William and Dolores kind of fall in, you know, like that's a little bit different for me. I'm just not that kind of dude, but you know, well, I've never gotten, uh, I can go on record officially. I've never gotten a prostitute in real life. <laughs> so, I don't know if I would do a robot. <laughs> Definitely not now that I have my soulmate. I would, I'd probably bring her with me. We'd probably kill people together. But, um, <laughs> no, say twenty-two-year-old Heath Solo. Yeah, I'd probably have sex with everything, shoot up everything. <laughs> but forty-year-old Heath Solo, yeah. I'd be looking for the entrance to the maze. That's a good point, dude. That's a good point. I am thinking about who I am now. You know. But that was never my inclination in life. But then again, this is a different situation. And like I'm saying here, I'm saying it's a robot, but then I'm saying it really depends on the story. So what does that really say? You know, well, remember um, when he says, they're like, are they real? It like, like if you have to ask that question, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, are they that so close to? you know, real human beings. Yeah. I, I'm assuming they're drinking They're I'm sure the touch and everything is the same. That's just, that's crazy. That's just, uh, who knows? <laughs> um, I, th I wanted to point out that I think that they did it again where, or did they is my question too, 
where um, they kind of showed the uh, in the beginning was really from later in the episode because Dolores walks out there in the very beginning and then she just kind of stops and they say, and then you hear that voice, which kind of sounds like Bernard says, remember, and then about, it wasn't until about 45 or 50 minutes into the episode that we see her standing in that same exact spot. And she reaches down and finds that gun. Mm -hmm. And then they did that kind of in the first episode where you see her sitting there with the blood on her face. And then it's not until like about 45, 50 minutes in that we see her there in the lab with the blood on her face. Though I think that actually might be from a further episode not mm-hmm. to make it too confusing, but I just wanted to point that out. Okay. What do you think about that gun she found? I think it's a real gun. See, yeah, because you know, you know how in the beginning of the episode when uh, Billy or William yeah, comes in and he's looking at the guns, and he's like, are these real? They're like, well, they're for the blah, blah, blah. This one, I think, is real and probably could kill a host. You know, versus the prop guns that they're using. I mean, not a host, a guest. You know, you can't kill a guest. But I, I believe that was planted there for a reason, and that's a real gun. Like, she could kill Man in Black with that gun. That's that's what I got for it. For it to be, like, kind of the cliffhanger at the end of the episode, for it to be a big deal to be buried, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. One thing I noticed is that in the previous episode and this episode, especially with Bernard's little secret conversations that he's having with Dolores, Mm -hmm. they kind of make it out and Bernard even mentions it. It's like a theme with him that it's very hard for him to let go of the robots because he says to Ford, you taught me how to make them, but like decommissioning them is so is is harder than I thought. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe like, I don't, I don't want to get, think that the show is going to get too crazy meta where, and this idea just popped into my head is the lab part of Westworld is, um, is that, I don't know how crazy this could get, but is that a game too? Is, is Ford using Bernard's attachment to the robots against him so he can so he can lay in this bad code and he knows bernard won't pull the robots Hmm. is 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 ford playing a game here this whole thing is a game to him and he's using these people in it as well i think so and this is why what i really got from this episode though i didn't quite understand i know he shows uh, Bernard the new game and we got a pan of like some sort of like almost like oil shaft windmill with a, like a makeshift cross. I don't know what that is. I'm sure you're going to fill me in what it is, but it's almost like this guy is quote unquote, the creator for years. He's been running this show. He's bored out of his effing mind and he's ready to go out with a bang. He wants something different. I believe that Ford is working a grand, like you brought up a great point. Man in black could be his beta tester. I think everything that he's doing and that what's going on 
is Ford based to take this to the next level, mm. whether it's a virus, whether it's, you know, different things that are going on with the robot. I really believe Ford wants to take this to the next level. It's almost like his swan song. And I, so nothing would surprise me if he's manipulating his coworkers and the people under him. And if he's got, I just, that scene with wild bill reliving the old times really sticks with me from the first episode mm -hmm. and him just kind of going out there talking to that little kid and just, you know, almost like a younger version of himself. I just feel like he's planning something grandiose, if you will. Um, when, now, I have something that I do want to get back to, but you mentioned um, the little, um, it was almost like a, it almost looked like the top of a church that had been buried or something like that. You know, it was kind of weird. It was like a, just a little almost ceremonial point. And I, and I started to think uh, upon watching it the second time is... Um, Let's see. The girl says, oh, let's see. The girl says to him, to, to MIB, the little girl says, the maze mm -hmm. is not meant for you. To, but then she says to follow the maze, follow the blood Aurora to the place where the snake lays its eggs. Now, I think she said blood Aurora. So is that like Aurora Borealis, like lights in the sky The follow the red lights to where the snake lays its egg? I don't know. Is that what that thing is? Is that little cassette? Is that what he's trying to find? Is that why he it brought him there? I don't know. It, I mean, it would make sense because that whole scene with him controlling the snake he sees an actual rattlesnake. Oh, nice. Thank you, Solo. Good one. You know? And he controls it, which is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. That would make sense to me. And that would make sense because, you know, they kind of end on that. Like, dun-dun. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> but maybe that's the beginning of the maze. And that's what even Ford is, you know, I... The thing is, if the man in black is working for Ford, you would think he would have an easier journey, but maybe because he can't just like, come with me, let's do this. It makes more sense for him to go on the journey and be there. Yeah, he's playing. There. He's playing the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's playing the game. It, would, it, it wouldn't be fun if it's just like, come with me. Here, there's the entrance yeah. to the maze. Go and for it. I want... it oh, I'm sorry. I spoke over you. What did you want to say? Oh, no, no. I was just saying that would make sense to me why that was such a big reveal, if that is the entrance to the maze. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I thought another thing is they may be trying to trick you that that's the elevator he came up. You know, that was in the middle of nowhere. And then he walked and it was a different color. Yeah. Okay. So, I, yeah, I don't, it was a little confusing, but I, yeah, I don't think it was the same because that was in the distance. When he met the kid, I think that's totally different from the elevator. Okay. Um, now, I just want to mention one kind of far out thing here. Okay. Is it possible? Okay. Is it possible, Solo, 
that right. that this is some sort of virtual reality matrix type thing because the I I uh, people have mentioned that on other podcasts. You know, like maybe when they go through the door, they actually are falling asleep and then they wake up in this matrix, you know, and this is all virtual reality. Um, but the thing I didn't really buy that. And some people were pointing toward the lab, like the room where they can see the map room where they can zoom in on anything. Um, but what made me think of it is how the hell did they go up an elevator in a moving train and then come out? Yeah. That, that that is bizarre um the magic door and then like evidently his buddy was already on the moving train and he got there a little later and was able to join him you know maybe it's this thing when you go through the door you i i hope it's i yeah i i hope it's not just you go in a you, you you fall asleep on the way there, and this is a virtual reality thing. I really hope they're actually doing it. It would make it. I I gotta believe this is more advanced than virtual reality. I think it's actual virtual reality. Like if I walked out my door right now, I would step into this world, and I could shoot people and do my thing. It makes it from what we know in 2016 it would make sense that it's virtual reality and that you're asleep or it's some sort of inception thing, or you literally have goggles on, you know, the virtual reality mask or whatever the fuck they call it. And you're in this world, but I really do believe they're actually in it. So it's like a virtual reality on steroids, you know, 50 years later. <laughs> okay. Well, they could also have a machine where the elevator matches the speed of the train and comes up through the train, or maybe I didn't watch it right. And the train didn't start moving until they both got there. Uh, Cause that they, they, they did notice it was moving when they started talking to each other. So it could be a kind of uh, showmanship on the part of the park, you know? Um, mm -hmm. that this is the way that it's kind of like a cool way that you enter it. And then you figure out it's like smoke and mirrors somehow, you know what I mean? Like the rooms in Disney world that looks like you're going up and down, but it's the walls that move. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could, they're already moving. It just, it's an illusion or it could be just so fantastical. You open and you enter onto it. You know? Yeah. Um, I did want to mention that, uh, the, the modern song playing at the piano this episode was Radiohead's No Surprises. Oh, was it? Yeah. They played it twice. That's awesome. Do, 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 do. Fake plastic tree. Oh, wrong song. No, it's No Alarms. I can't sing like Tom York, man. He's the best. Um, I had written down Ford had a nice line that he says to Bernard, which is, he says, we speak the right words and create life itself out of chaos, which is interesting because are those worlds, are those words, these violent delights lead to violent, you know, your violent pleasures or whatever. Is that the words he's talking about? We speak the right words and create life itself. Just want to say, just saying, Oh, you, Oh, 
you loved that that guy that um, uh, Marsden kept on bumping into that guy. And this time, uh, William bumps into him. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, what's the, I, you know, I wonder, again, they changed the storyline so it's different, but it's interesting that he bumped into him and not the typical what we saw last episode of uh, Teddy Flood kept bumping into him. Yeah. So, yeah, that was interesting. There's got to be something there. <laughs> now, there was a Reddit theory that I want to bring up. Are you ready? Oh, for no, it? Paul, move. Don't do it. <laughs> no, I love I, 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 I've been jumping on the uh, Reddit for this and I would do it on. Um, I didn't do it as much for Game of Thrones because of spoilers, you know, um, but this the, this is an interesting theory. Some people have theorized that William is actually the young MIB and that we're going to see. And this is one of the first times he traveled there. And it's really there. It's we're really seeing two different timelines and we're going to learn about him. And that's kind of like he's going through those paces of like, because it was a different story. So that's why he knocks into the guy and not Marsden. You know what I mean? Not Eddie or Teddy. Eddie, not Eddie. You want, you want him to be Eddie. Ed, I do. I like it better. I don't know why. Eddie Fl- no. Uh, what do you think? <sighs> Reddit. I, I'm just a little mad at Reddit because I don't know if people, they do theories, but do they know spoilers? Do they not? And that's what ruined Mr. Robot for me. Because, you know, I love Bald Move. They're one of my favorite podcasts, but they always bring up Reddit theories. But how do you know if someone writing a theory isn't, a spoiler freak or not. Yeah, so you're right. You're right. That said, um, that's why I stay off Reddit. I've never been on Reddit in my life and I may never go on Reddit. Um, I, uh, I'm saying it right now. I'm not, I will not. Um, that would be interesting. And technically it could happen because these hosts don't age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say, I'm going to call bullshit. Okay. Say it's not. Okay. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the secret conversation that Bernard has with Dolores and the conversation he has been, he's been having with her because I do think that they're throwing shade at us. They're trying to trick us into thinking that Bernard is the one who's doing all this stuff and that these secret conversations are a part of it. But I don't. I really don't think he is. I think he is just doing his job at this point. I don't. I'm, I think in the first episode I thought he was, but this has changed my mind um, because he kind of says to her, you know, he tells her that the, that the conversations they're having are secret. He asks if someone updated her, which is a follow up to when he and Ford have the conversation, and he hypothesizes to Ford that maybe someone is like is um what what word did he use like this someone's creating like espionage and sabotage thank you sabotage but it was interesting where when he asks if someone's updating her she says no but are did you do something wrong and then he says erase your logs and go back to work <laughs> 
Yeah, I, the Ber- Bernard character intrigues me because you think they're setting up like he's a good guy and he's just trying to do things right. Uh, but w- wouldn't it be a kick in the ass if he was the one behind crazy stuff and not Ford? That would make it. I, w- I wouldn't see that coming, but I just said it. So maybe I do see it coming. I don't know. See, I almost um, feel like they're trying to telegraph that to us. But then in this episode, they weren't. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. just because it's new. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, we're so like when you when you start watching a new show, you you go the route of the storytelling. But then you try to get in the mind of the creators and be like, well, if I was creating it, I would want people to think this, but I'm really going to twist it and do this. So is it a double agent move or is it just, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, from just from normal observation, the uh, Bernard character seems like he's legit and he's really trying to, there's no motives behind him, but who knows? We don't know. We didn't sleep with him this episode. But Teresa did. Yeah. What'd you think about that? <laughs> Seen it before. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. She does smoke a cigarette well. I will say that. I love that actress. I think she's fantastic, man. And I'm... I'm glad that they that they cast kind of like she's probably been in other stuff I don't know, but um I was I really kind of was thinking that through this episode like that's she's great casting and she's kind of an unknown. Yeah, she's uh, I looked her up actually because I was very curious. I, I believe whether it's in the UK or another country, she's done a bunch of stuff that miniseries and shows that I've never heard of but she definitely is that veteran actress and like, like HBO did with the night of they brought in a lot of veteran character actors or actors who you're like, I think I've seen them before, but they're not household names. Right. And sometimes you get the, and she just really fits the character well. And she is intriguing and it, 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 it just, yeah, I, I'm actually into her as well. Um, what I can't stand this Lee Sizemore character. Yeah. It's He's a, a schlep. Yeah, and it's a little when he's overdone. That girl and plus the nose of the Indian. I'm like, I almost feel like, do we really need this? I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know. Dude, that's one of the things that made me think a little bit. I may have led me down that road, I should say, of maybe the lab is part of the game too, because that was so outrageous the way he acted. Mm-hmm. And and then I was thinking about when the when the girl kissed the host and uh, Mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't know. Those things are a little weird. I don't know. A little weird. Um, uh, I, and, and actually at one point, you know, I like the way in when Teresa says to Bernard, why do the hosts talk to each other when people aren't around? And he says, they talk to each other to practice and to error. Correct. They're constantly error correcting. So by like talking to each other, they learn better how to talk, you know? Mm -hmm. And then Teresa says, is that what you're doing now? Hmm. Mm Hmm. Solo. Um, how about the nightmare stuff? I thought that was pretty cool. 
how they have the conversation about having dreams, and then we see Maeve have a dream later. Yes. Now, can we talk about that dream? Let's do it. So, do you believe, is that a past character of her? Or is it the same character and she's remembering? And what was very weird was she sees these like Indians painted, which we also saw saw in the lineup with Lee's new game. We saw an Indian painted, but then the man in black comes in and the Indians are gone. That confused the hell out of me. Help me, Folo. Help me. I think it was a dream within a dream. And it may have actually been a dream within a dream within a dream, Inception style, which is well, because the reason why I say that is because she has that dream and then she wakes up. She has the dream of um, MIB uh, coming in or no, I, actually I say it's the other way around. She comes into the room. She takes off her coat. She has a little flash, right? Mm-hmm. And then she has that dream. And then she wakes up and there's a cut on her belly. But when she's in the first dream, which we're led to believe, I think what we're led to believe is she comes off, takes off her gown, goes to sleep, has the dream, wakes up in the lab, right? Well, yeah, what's weird is she goes, she, like you said, she takes off her clothes, she goes, gets ready for bed, has the dream. Then she does that three, two, one. It goes away. Does she wake up in the lab yes. after that? Or yes. What? Okay. Yeah. But this is what I wanted to point out. When she's okay. taking her clothes off, she all of a sudden touches like her belly. She has like, yeah, a- she had that vision mm-hmm. and it was almost like she had a cramp. Yep. So, was the I'm cramp them slicing her open? Say that again. Was the cramp her slicing them, them slicing her open? See, I'm wondering. It, oh, yeah, that actually was what it could be. Because I thought she was having something go on with her. Is what She was having the vision. Or is she having the vision because they're slicing her open? Why she has the cramp? Oh, that's funny. Oh, God damn. Now, I don't know. The other thing is. Did that ever happen that MIB comes in or it are her or even her dreams evolving to the point where they're not actually about, they're not remnants of past memories. Like the, she says future. No, that they're really like dreams. They're subconscious realities that are playing out her emotions you know, mm. so the the woman in the lab says that the reason why they have the nightmares is just in case they don't wipe them fully, then there's a reason for having the memories. So mm. if, 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 if she's not just remembering like she supposed, like she possibly could, if the wipe didn't go properly, right. Then mm-hmm. is it that? her subconscious is evolving to the point where she's actually having dreams and she's had the experience with, um, the man in black before. 
I don't know. But I did think it was a dream within a dream because of the fact that she grabs her stomach and then she, now you could even go, you could even go deeper and say that because we were led to believe that she was okay now. Right. So why Mm -hmm. are they bringing her back in? So maybe they're, maybe they're not bringing her back in. Maybe that was a dream too. That was a memory that she had. Jesus, Axel, stop messing with my brain. All right. I'm just saying, Holmes. I also want to um, point out that they can update the robots wirelessly, which I thought was pretty cool. So let me ask you a question. You know when they're um, questioning the androids in the lab and then they go like, all right, now wake up. And then they wake up in the world. Do they put them in anything or do they subconsciously go to the world like that? That's what confused me. I think that that's I think they're playing with us there. That's why I think they're playing with us. You could infer that they like robot with now they just, you know, they don't remember anything until they walk in there, you know, like telling them to wake up is a code word, meaning now report back to where you were in bed and then wake up. Yeah, and what's interesting with Dolores is when she wakes up at the end, it's night, not during the day. So I'm wondering if that's just the new – is that – I get confused where the day starts for them and not because last episode was very clear. Mm -hmm. But now she wakes up out of bed and she goes outside in the dark. Well, she's getting that voice saying, remember, remember. Yeah. So so are they manipulating as they're resting? Mm. Yeah. Oh, are you saying is that like I'm mentioning the wirelessly is somebody sitting there like, wake up, wake up, you know, and sending her out possibly like to me. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I thought it might, I thought it was more like likely part of the waking up thing, you know, the whole error. It just felt like the waking up at night and finding the gun didn't feel like the routine that she should be doing. Okay. It's like. Maeve was sleeping and she woke up in the lab and they're messing with her. I feel like that wasn't starting her day. Cause we still saw the can roll and Billy picked it up, but got distracted and there was a f- possible storyline there, but which would make see thinking of that. Oh shit. Okay. You know, when Billy picks up the can, mm-hmm. he's about to talk to her, but his buddy's like, let's go. And then in the first episode, the older man in black picks up the can and is like, it's not about you today. You're, you know, I almost see the connection there. What if that was the first time he had this fascination with Dolores as a young man? Ah, oh, crap. Now I'm starting to believe that damn Reddit theory. Mm. See, that's why I like this. I like, yeah. I think that this show, the way it just jumps to a next scene, it doesn't, it doesn't there's no lamppost to tell you what's happening. That to me is a sign of good writing and trusting the audience. And as we get deeper into this, we're going to get into lost territory here, game of Thrones, territory, X files, twin peaks, whatever. Can they bring this to fruition? You know, because they're laying the groundwork here for an awful lot of questioning. Is it a dream? Is it real? Is it, is, is the lab 
uh, Westworld? Are there other worlds? Like, we haven't even talked about things like, is this Earth? Is this, where is yeah. this happening? What year is it? You know, like, there's a lot. There's still, we haven't gotten answers to any of those questions. And I really love that. You know, my wife asked me when we were done watching it. She's like, so what do you think? You're into this show? And I was like, you know, this is, I loved all these questions. I took all these notes on the second episode. Man, we had some great emails, um, even from the first episode. And there's just a ton of questions, and I like that. Mm -hmm. Do we have any emails you want to read, or is you going to save it? Let's see. Let's see if my computer will respond to what I'm trying to do here. Um, let's see. I think we did have some few, a few emails we got and there were some different, um, I mean, I noticed a ton of stuff from rewatching it. This is definitely the type of show that it holds up in rewatch. You know, you should try it solo if you have the chance this week, um, just mm -hmm. to see how it gets your mind kind of working, you know? Um, to, yeah. to, to kind of rewatch everything, but, uh, was there any other, any other questions or any other thing? I mean, I've been talking so much. Was there anything that you wanted to bring up or I do have those, uh, I do have those emails. No, uh, let's go. I just, again, if the hosts found out what guests did to them, it, it would mess things up. Like it just. I think it would cause such I, – I think we're headed towards Dolores definitely going on a different, uh, you know, different path. But just imagine if they could actually cognitively be like, wow, these people come here and they kill us and they rape us every day. <laughs> it, it almost feels like they would – I don't know. I just feel like that's something that I want to see – I want to see a guest die is what I want to see. Yeah, I'm kind of really like, I'm kind of liking uh, like I said I want to hold I want to kind of hold out on that, but we'll see. So we got well, Oh, I, go ahead. I don't want an episode 3. Okay. Yeah. I want that season finale or season 2 type thing. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um that would change the whole Yes, definitely it would change everything. Uh we got an email from uh Sarah and uh Sarah says um she points out in the last episode, we didn't know Teresa's name. So, and actually I referred to this before I took my notes. Teresa Cullen is her name. Yeah. Um, IMD didn't have her up there for some reason last week and then they changed it. So interesting. Thank you. Uh, she says, I will say that the scene with her and Lee Sizemore on the roof was ruined for me because she was smoking a cigarette. It wasn't that she was smoking is that she was smoking a cigarette of this time period. It would have made much, it would have made the scene much more believable if she was smoking something like a mechanical cigarette or vaping. And she's even lighting it with a regular lighter. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think this is a sign that maybe this isn't necessarily that far into the future? Sarah no. T. No, I don't because I believe if it is the future, something about getting old retro things at your disposal. If you have money, it would make sense. Like she wants to have some sense of what it's like back in the day. So I think it would give it away if she was uh, smoking a vapor, or whatever, or 
or whatever. Okay. You know, it's, 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 it almost feels like people of that magnitude can create a world with androids and Karina. I'm sure you can have access to old school cigarettes. <laughs> so, uh, for me, it didn't, it didn't, uh, you know, I got to believe if we're in the future, everyone's into retro things. There's a way like, oh, it'd be cool to drink old Coke from the 80s. You know, I just feel like I, I it didn't take me out of it, but I can't blame her for it taking out of her, you know, taking her out of the time period. So um, but that's just my my thoughts. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's just kind of I, I don't think it it's a nod to anything but it is a good good look it out though cuz that is one of the little subtle things that could tell us sure you no know? no that makes a great point yeah. with that now i'm starting to think you know it could be that thing the whole retro thing or like v for vendetta that room with all stuff that's banned or from the past but at the same time okay you know would they make cigarettes in the future? you know we don't know so but it's a good, it's it's actually a very good observation Okay. Now we got an email from our good friend, Glenn Ewing. What a jerk. <laughs> Just kidding, Glenn. We love you. I was waiting for you to say the, what do you usually say? The world's greatest Star Wars fan or something? Everyone's, everyone's favorite Star Wars fan. Okay. Um, he says, I, as you two talked about, the intro throwing us into the world reminded me of Buckaroo Banzai. In the way that they don't explain anything, they just assume that you're smart enough to pick it up. Exactly, Glenn. Totally agree. Um, he points out, I definitely think the milk drinking is a tip of a hat to the Ash android and alien. Ash used the milk as a lubricant for his android form and also may have fed his internal circuits being organic. That's interesting. Hmm. There. I do also think that the milk may be used to throw us off in the future as to who may or may not be human. That may be a big question as we go, like it was in Battlestar Galactica, the TV show. That's, yeah, we haven't gotten into that yet. You know, oh, oh, they did in the first episode uh, with Teddy, mm -hmm. but this episode didn't really have much of. You know, like I didn't, I wasn't really questioning if William was in a, a host. Were you? No, I, I, yeah, yeah no, he's a guest. I got to believe. Okay. Um, Glenn has a theory. The question of at what point when an AI becomes self-aware, do they start becoming a living thing is the main question, I think. But I also think that they may be putting the original plot of the movie on its ear. This may contain movie spoilers, but. I think that the man in black may turn out to be a good guy. Um, after all, most of the humans we've seen have been depicted as assholes. So what if this turns out to be Logan's run meets Blade Runner? However, the hero, the man in black, is trying to free the host from perpetually being murdered and reprogrammed. So we end up seeing this as Blade Runner from the other point of view. The Logan's run connection, I think, is obvious in my theory there. Hmm. The, but what, what's the Logan's run? Oh, were they? Uh, you know, I don't, I never saw I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Glenn, man, break it. See, he's too smart for us. Um, <laughs> I like that, though. Blade Runner from the other perspective. Now it's really getting you thinking. Yeah, that's I, I like that. Well, because the man in black in this episode doesn't want to leave. He wants to stay here. 
which he made that very clear. You're yeah. right. That's something he said that I forgot. He said, I'm never leaving. Yeah. So he definitely, I think, has got a lot figured out. 30 years will do that for you. Oh. But I, I would like it if he is kind of the, if we're thinking like the Ford, the Bernard character, everyone, like they're supposed to be good and, you know, the people come there are assholes and they're rape and pillaging. But what if he's just, what if he becomes the good guy, you know? I just thought of something. Ooh, I like when you think of things. Maybe humans work inside the park as part of the story. Maybe that's part of what we're seeing here. And maybe he's kind of like on a job interview, <laughs> you know, he's been there so long. He doesn't want this story to be about him. He wants to be about the, he wants to be a part of the whole story. He wants to basically never leave there. Like, is that the next step here that instead of this becoming a vacation destination, this can become a place where you basically move in and live there? Oh, that, yeah, I, I like that thought. One thing, I don't know if it makes a difference. Remember with the, you called him the piano player. I thought he was a card dealer. I still don't know what he is, but he scalps him and has like that maze type map. I called it a maze. And then of course they call it a maze in this episode, the map. If you notice when he's a, when may, what's her name? Is her name maze? Maeve. Maeve. Okay. When he's appears in her flashback, he's got his knife out predominantly to scalp her. So when did this happen? Did this happen? Did he get a different map? You know, is he always been trying to find the maze? So he scalps, you know, certain people. Why didn't, did he not scalp Dolores? You know, so again, I, I, I'm just throwing things out there for maybe our listeners to kind of, you know, so it can percolate in your mind before you get scalped. Um, but it's just interesting that he pull out the knife there. So is he looking? For, was he looking for answers? Did he get him with me? Yeah. I don't know. See, I'm reading back on Glenn's theory, and it's like he uh, he's referencing so much things. It's confusing me a little bit. But so I think what he's trying to say is, so what happens if MIB? Because a lot of people say in Blade Runner that Harrison Ford's an android, right? That's yeah. That's a big theory with that. Film. So if if he so now so he goes on and he says is mib kind of like bucky barnes the winter soldier in marvel who is perpetually being reprogrammed uh once he started to remember who he was and then he makes mention that actually the writer of that is writing uh for westworld oh shoot that's interesting so there's also, he also says though, there's also the possibility that Hopkins is using the man in black to free his children. Perhaps he was forced into a deal that keeps getting worse and worse. Like they keep on talking about the board and right. And the mm -hmm. corporation. And he says, maybe the map in the guy's scalp is from someone within the control center, like Ford or um, Bernard, who he's working with to free the hosts from this cycle. Um, it may be leading him to an area where he can get them out or find sanctuary for them. Um, 
And then Glenn, <laughs> I can't, this is, <laughs> then, um, Glenn then just goes on to describe what they will find when they go into the outer world. And of course, you know what it is, right? Um, Star Wars VHS tapes. I don't know. No water world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he did make a, he, I, I, when I saw him the other day, he made a postman reference that it could be. I don't, outer- I don't know. I guess it is because he's describing a war and I don't, I don't remember what movie this is, but maybe it was, I think it was Waterworld, but maybe it was, uh, Post, the, the Postman's the Postman. in the, right? I never saw it. But. Yeah. Well, Glenn, we appreciate you, buddy. And we love your references. Um, yeah. and I like that. I, that's interesting that the same writer, right? That's, that's kind of cool, man. I dig that. Um, that's all the emails we have. Feel free to email us westworlddvr at gmail.com. And, uh, if you have any, um, ideas or anything about this episode, I kind of like doing the emails at the end. It kind of brings us back and then we can relate it to what we saw that night. Sure. Cool. All right, Heath. Um, this has been quite an episode. Um, I'm excited for next week, man. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add? No, I'm good. Um, I feel a lot better about the episode. Um, there's a lot of world building and a lot of stuff going on. And there's a lot of directions this could go. And it's only two episodes, but I, I think they're doing a great job so far. Yeah, awesome. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember, you can uh, check us out on Twitter at Westworld DVR. You can look up Westworld DVR on Facebook for our group where we're having discussions and talking about theories. It is spoiler free. Um, and uh, we really appreciate it. Give us an iTunes review, all that kind of jazz, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's solo. Take us out. God, I had something prepared and I totally forgot it. So. All right, folks, thank you for listening to Westworld Podcast on the DVR Network. And remember, getting to the deeper level actually is not for you. It's only for us. I don't don't know. (laughs) We'll come up with Hey, hey, that's a good one. If you have any uh, ideas of how we should end the show, um, (laughs) please Twitter, Twitter us tweet at us or get us on the Facebook or email us and we'll do that. But, um, take care. I, everybody. I had something and I totally lost it. I had something great. <laughs> I don't know if it'll ever come back to me. If I reach the deeper level, maybe I'll figure it out. Oh, Hey, that's something I wanted to throw in just as a last second thing. If you look at the map, there's like a little stick figure in the center of it. So my question is this, is the center, is is the entrance to the maze a person or a host? Oh, that's actually okay. Part of my ending was I was going to ask you a question or do a question. Oh man, I'm, I'm trying to get it triggered. It's not happening. Um, damn it! I'll, I'll watch the episode again and I'll figure it out next week. I'll come up with it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Peace out.